Hey, Bradley. What, man? What do you need to get started in wholesale? I'll tell you what you don't need. You don't need a fat bank account. You don't need a fancy education. And you don't need a license. You're listening to The Greenwood Effect, where creativity is key. Your host, Stephen Long and Bradley Jacobs are going to lead you to a successful future in real estate investing. They'll show you how being creative when choosing the right closing strategy will not only build your bank account wholesaling deals, but also how to keep deals for yourself with less of your own money. Welcome to the Greenwood Effect Podcast, the real estate in real time podcast geared for inspiring investors down to seasoned investors. This is Stephen and Bradley. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's Greenwood Flip here, also known as the Crib Flipper, Stephen Long, here with another episode of the Greenwood Effect. Co-host Bradley Jacobs. Today, we're going to talk about a few frequently asked questions. Can you have a full-time job and wholesale? Do you need to have a big bank account to wholesale? Do you need an education to wholesale? Or do you need a license to wholesale? Well, Bradley... Do you need a license to wholesale? A lot of people keep asking me, do they need a, a license to wholesale or do they need to be like a, a real estate agent or something? License? Hmm. The only license you probably should have is a driver's license to get you from A to B. Other than that, you don't need no license. Wholesaling is fully legal in about 49 states. I believe the only one that you do need a license is Illinois. Other than that, the rest of our states, you know, you don't need no license to wholesale. Wholesaling is fully legal. Like I said, you don't even need an LLC, to be honest. I mean, I refer you to get an LLC, but just if you're just starting off, funds are kind of low. You don't need no LLC either. Yeah. 1099 form at the end of the year do you perfectly fine. Yeah. At the beginning, you definitely don't need a LLC. I would recommend closing a couple deals first before you go out and spend 500 plus bucks on getting an LLC formed. LLC, just for you guys and girls who don't know what that is, it's a limited liability company. It's kind of actually the same exact thing as a 1099. Speak with your accountant to you know go over that legal advice, but just so you know, it's pretty much the same exact thing. So what you want to do before you get started into taking action, you want to speak to your lawyers and a CPA. A CPA is a certified public accountant, and that is the person that's going to keep you above water when you start bringing in all these thousands of dollars. You want to stay above water. You don't want the IRS to come after you. So you want to make sure that you're right with your accountant and you want to make sure that you have a lawyer prepared contracts to let you know exactly what you possess. And so you can stay protected throughout the whole process of wholesaling. Yeah. A lot of guys will tell you to get into wholesaling, tell you, go find a deal, close it, get paid. But what they don't tell you is the legal side of things. And that's really the most important thing. If you don't, in the beginning, get a hold of the legal side of things, then you can really become in a lot of trouble at the end, financially and legally, can end you even with some jail time. So I definitely refer before anything, going to speak with a real estate attorney and going to speak with a CPA, especially one who has wholesale knowledge or real estate knowledge for the different tax write-offs and things like that. And that's to build a solid foundation and to keep you out of jail. And so after that, after you talk to your CPA, you talk to your lawyer and everything's right, what you want to do, the only thing that you will need after that is the internet connection and a cell phone. And you must be hungry. You must be willing to put work in so you can see some results. 
Yeah, the only other thing other than that I'd probably recommend is whenever you're talking with your real estate lawyer to buy a contract from them, the most important thing is to make sure, like I said, your legal side is covered. So you're going to need a contract between you, your seller, and you and your buyers. And this way, it just makes sure your buyer can't go behind your back to your seller and also make sure your seller can't sue you for any illegal activity. You know, you're not really allowed to market their property without their knowledge or their consent. So as long as you have that on contract, that's them signing their consent. You just want to, like I said, you want to cover all the legal sides and that right there would be the most important thing and in, in money well spent. There are ways to go around paying for that contract. You know, you can find them online or you can JV with another wholesaler in your area. But, you know, if you don't have that kind of contact and you really want to be safe, best bet's going to go buying one from your lawyer. That usually costs about 500 bucks and that's probably going to be the most expensive thing starting up. Actually, speaking of, you know, startup costs, Steve, how much do you think it's going to cost someone with, you know, not too much funds to get started? Someone with not too much funds, I would say less than a thousand bucks. So advertisement is very important. And, you know, you could advertise multiple different ways. And it's just getting in front of people and finding out, you know, if they're motivated to sell their property or not. So you could start off with something free. You could drive for dollars. You could go door knocking. When I started off, I didn't actually door knock, but what I actually did do was I went to Vistaprint, I bought myself 500 business cards, and each business card that I had, I went around, I taped it to people's doors, not their actual doors to the front door, I taped it to their screen door, I would leave my business cards at gas stations. It's illegal to actually open someone's mailbox and put something in their mailbox because you're not a federal employee, so I would just leave you know, business cards around their property, but not in a littering fashion. You know, it wouldn't just be like I come up and I throw 500 business cards on your property or on your doorstep. I would neatly either put it on your screen door, place it in between your storm door and your front door. And, you know, hopefully that you guys will reach out and you would see all my information on a business card and something like that. You could get 500 business cards for what, less than $30 on Vistaprint? Yeah, then you get 500 to to 1000 for about that price. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a high-tech design. It just has to be something as simple as, hi, my name is Stephen Long. I'm looking to buy houses. If you're looking to sell your house, give me a call. And that right there was a very cheap, effective way to captivate motivated sellers. Yeah, I started off, like you said, same thing, driving for dollars, except I actually did door knock and I did cold calling as well. Cold calling is when, you know, you get the person's phone number via REI Skip or whatever other Skip Trace. It's called Skip Tracing website. They're typically about 15 cents per phone number. You know, some other sites are about a dollar a phone number, whatever, 50, 50 numbers. You know, that's about 50 bucks. And I just called them over and over and over again until someone picked up. And same thing, just like you said, hey, my name's Bradley. You know, I'm looking to buy houses in this area. You looking, you know, any interest in selling? Yes or no? That simple. Yeah, something that easy that could get you into a couple extra thousand bucks. It's not about, you know, you can't be scared. A lot of times when you first start like cold calling, you might be scared to actually talk to the people. But one of the biggest things that people are scared of is the actual rejection. Once you get past the rejection stage, you could do it and make a million phone calls because out of those million people, at least one of them is going to say yes. Yeah, you're telling me you never asked a girl out or a guy out and they told you no. I mean, guess what happened? You lived another day, right? Same thing. The worst they could say is no. I mean, 
they could say a lot of worse things. Trust me, I've got talked pretty bad too. But at the end of the day, I lived and I called another person and, and got their house. So not everybody's going to understand what you're doing. And you're not really, you know, don't really have to explain it to everybody. But don't fear rejection. It's a word. It's not going to hurt you. Sticks and stones may break my bones. What words may never hurt words you. Words may never hurt you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of people out here with full-time jobs and they wonder, are they still able to actually wholesale with a full-time job? Yeah. I mean, closing one or two deals a month will can bring in, you know, five, 10, 15, $20,000 a month, depending on how big of a deal it is. Like we said, on the way to work, on the way back home for work, take a different route, you know, just drive, look for houses, distressed, you know, overfilled mailboxes, tall grass, gutters fall in, little trick I do on the side of the house, there's a bulb for the electricity. You know, it'll just be a single bulb. The newer ones have a metal box around it. I mean, there'll also be, will be like a black, old, crusty wiring. That's how you know the house isn't updated. The house doesn't always have to be, you know, condemned and super crappy. It can also be houses that literally just need, you know, an update. Those are also good returned properties. Yeah, and those are just easy by finding, just driving around your local community. Yeah, put it in about two to four hours after work every day can help you make, like I said, an excess of five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month extra on top of your full time job. It's all about how much effort you want to put into it, how much time and money you want to put into it. You know, starting off driving for dollars, that's free. That's gas money. Like I said, that's on the way to work and from work. So that's free. That's something you do anyways. Skip tracing, that's about fifteen cents a phone number. Really not paying for anything else other than that internet service, your phone service. Those are things you're paying for anyways. So Yeah, those are like tools that you already have. And, yeah. Uh, the majority of the world, if you don't got a cell phone, you could even use your home phone. If you don't got a computer, you could go down to your public library. So there's really no excuses or there's nothing stopping you from getting started in your wholesale career. Yeah, I mean, shit. I knew people just starting off who were calling off of Wi-Fi. They got apps now where you get a phone number. And you just use Wi-Fi. You call on the internet. Yeah. That's it. So you don't even essentially have to have a cell phone. Yeah. So, I mean, like they say, you don't need a license. You can do it part-time. You don't have to, you know, always go in full-time just until you get the hang of it and learn the other sides of things. So after, uh, you know, you got a couple people looking to sell their property, it only takes one. What's the next step? So what do you do after you get them, let's say you get them under contract? Well, you get them under contract, and then what you're going to do next is you're going to want to find a buyer. You know, you can find buyers all over the place. There's other cash for house signs you see, or sometimes other buyers. Sometimes there are other wholesalers so you got to watch. Yeah. Even then, you can JV with one. Maybe they have a buyer that wants to buy it. You give them a percentage of the deal. Sometimes that's a great way to find buyers if you can't. So what would you do? You just see those big yellow signs on the telephone poles and just give them a call? Yeah, give them a call. Let them know you got a property under contract. You're looking to get rid of it see if they have a buyer or if they want to buy it. And, you know, it's pretty much that easy. Other ways are Facebooks, Craigslist, Instagram, word of mouth. Yeah. Plenty of ways to find buyers. If it's a good deal, it's going to sell. Yeah, if it's a good deal, it'll definitely sell. And all those ways are free ways to advertise. You don't have to pay for Facebook. You don't have to pay for Instagram. And you definitely don't got to pay for word of mouth. Just getting out in the community and talking to the people. Let's say, for instance, if you see a property... Go talk to the neighbors. Go talk to the person next door. Talk to the person across the street. See if they want to buy first because they're the ones that have to look at the property every single day. And they might have interest in actually, you know, becoming that homeowner. Those could be, you know, free sources of finding buyers and building your buyers list up. Yeah, another free way, and this is a quick tip, 
drive around the neighborhood, look for dumpsters. Someone's repairing that house. Guess what? That's a buyer who already likes to buy in that area. So that's a real quick, easy, sneaky tip that I use. A lot of people don't think of it, but it's that easy, something that's right in your face. Yeah, it's crazy because we get excited when we see dumpsters. Everyone's like, "What? what? It's a dumpster. But if you're not like an investor and you're not really deep into what you're doing in wholesale, you know, you wouldn't understand. If you're in a Pittsburgh and surrounding area and you have a property and you're not able to find a buyer, definitely feel free to reach out to us via email or Instagram because we're buying. And if we can't find you a buyer, we could join venture. Yeah. So, I mean, you know how to find a seller, you know how to find the buyer. Once you find the buyer, get them to sign either, you know, an assignment contract or termination contract. Like Steve said, if you can't find a buyer, get in contact with us. We'll either buy it or we'll find you one. You want to give them a little information on how you go through the closing process after you find the buyer? Yeah, let's take this deal on home. Now that we got the buyer signed, the seller signed, you got your termination agreement signed. So what you want to do is you want to find a reputable settlement company, settlement company, an escrow company, or the same thing. And a lot of times in Pennsylvania, the settlement company has a third party escrow company that will hold your hand money throughout the process to make sure that, you know, the seller isn't just walking away with your check. One of the biggest mistakes that people make when they start out in wholesaling is they actually open the escrow before they find a buyer. And doing that right there, that opens up a big window for you to lose money because sometimes hand money could be 10% of the deal a total purchase price, and that could be $2,000, $20,000. There is no limit. So if you want to save some money, wait until you find a buyer and use the money that they provide as a non-refundable deposit to open escrow. All right. Yeah. So you want to get the money before you open escrow. But before that, how do you even find a closing company? Well, Brad, what you want to do is ask somebody, ask around, ask someone that's in the business for a referral. And if that doesn't work, go on Google, type in settlement companies. And from there, pull that phone out and start calling. You want to ask questions like, do you guys handle double closings? Do you guys hold escrow? Do you guys work with wholesalers? And, you know, you might have to call 20 to 100 companies in your local area just to find one that's willing to work with an actual wholesaler. Because a lot of companies don't like working with wholesalers because, When wholesalers start out, they're usually confused, they are unorganized, and it's just not a pleasant transaction. All right, so like, what actually is the need for a title company? You know, what what actually do they do? What goes on there? At the actual closing company, they have a lawyer, they have a notary, and they run a title search on the property, which guarantees that the property is going to be free and clear upon the purchase. Free and clear. What What do you mean by that? So what I mean by free and clear. That means a property that has no judgments. That means that the property has no liens or anything like that that could cloud the title up and will stop the sale of the property. I mean, is there any way to get around a lien? There is a way to get around the lien if you just want to purchase the property like as is in current condition with no title insurance and just do a basic deed transfer only. But let me remind you and let me warn you. If you do go around a lien and you don't get title insurance, that makes you responsible for whatever, you know, you're accepting, whatever type of lien it is. It could be a water lien. It could be an old mortgage on a property. You will be responsible for paying that off. 
And after the title search is done at the title company, there is municipal requirements, which are different for every township and borough. So you would have to check with your actual title company to figure out exactly what is required. But for example, in Allegheny County, you will be required to do a data test and you will be required to, you know, do a occupancy permit, but not in the city of Pittsburgh, which is a plus occupancy permit is a actual inspection of the property by the township, city, or borough. And they come into the property and make sure that everything is functioning and the property is in safe condition for someone to inhabit it. Okay, so who do you actually call to get an occupancy you know, inspection done? You would actually call your local municipality. Okay, what about a diet test? You know, What is a diet test and who do you call for that? You will call a local registered master plumber in your area to make sure that no rainwater is getting into the local sanitary system. So what they do is they drop a dye pellet into the downspouts. And this right there will let them know if any rainwater is getting into the local sanitary system. Make sure you check with your local municipality because this is not required in every municipality. And now that all this is done, you want to learn how to read a HUD statement, also known as a settlement statement. And if you're a real estate agent, they call this an OTA. And this is an itemized list of everything that's taking place in the transaction of who's paying what, who's paying who, how much taxes are owed, if there's a mortgage on a property, how much is it going to be to get paid off. But the most important thing on this piece of paper is your fee. You want to make sure that your fee is written out on the HUD statement so you are guaranteed to get paid. So there's no way around closing this transaction without you receiving your fund, which will be known as a termination fee or assignment fee. So you mean to tell me that they can close a deal even though I got a contract without paying me? Yeah, if your fee's not on there, if it's not written out, there's a way around that. Even though you got a contract, if your fee's not on that settlement statement and they go ahead and close on this deal without you know you checking to make sure your fee's on there, you won't get paid. Damn, I haven't heard that from anybody before. That's one of them things they don't tell you. Yeah, they don't tell you that on YouTube. From there, it's time to close. Everything looks good. Let's schedule a day so everyone could come into the settlement company. And if they're not able to make it into the settlement company, you could do a virtual closing and they will mail all the closing documents out to the buyer and seller. And they will get those documents notarized and they'll get returned into the settlement company. The transaction gets funded. And you could get paid either via a wire, which I recommend, or you could get paid through a paper check and you could post pictures for content and let people know it's real. It's that easy. Yeah. And like 100% of the time, you don't even have to attend the closing because a lot of times on these deals, we don't attend the closing. We just check our emails, check our bank statements and cha-ching, it's a wire. Yeah, I recommend... Until you get some type of relationship with your closing company, you attend. But once you get a relationship, you'll see most of the time, you don't even have to be there. Yeah. We barely attend closing. You can spend the time that you would take to travel to the settlement company on finding more deals. Boom. Cha-ching. It's that easy. This is another episode of The Greenwood Effect. See you guys next time. Peace. You've been listening to The Greenwood Effect, where creativity is key. We hope you've been inspired and we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information so that you can have a successful future in real estate investing. 
We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, catch us on Instagram at the underscore crib underscore flippa. Check out the website at greenwoodpgh.com. And find us on YouTube at This Is Greenwood, the Greenwood Effect Podcast, the real estate and real-time podcast geared for inspiring investors down to seasoned investors. Till next time.